We are two badass spiritual gangster real estate entrepreneurs manifesting our best authentic lives and spreading the good word. You're listening to Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline. Yeah. Howdy. Howdy. Howdy doody. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready for this one? Oh, yeah. I feel like... I think we're going to piss some people off on this one. I... I, Like, I mean, needs to happen. I think Shadow... Oh, that's the topic this week, by the way. I think Shadow... Shadow. Is is a tough one. I'm still really processing what it even means. Yeah, it took me a minute to really grasp it and... But it's a freaking game changer once you once you get it. I think so. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just get this conversation started. I will begin. <laughs> <laughs> we'll begin with kind of our, our traditional beginning where I'll, I'll kind of define the, the topic and then we will have Madeline chime in and then go from there. So shadow to me is the rejected aspects of self. And with that, a little deeper into that, we all encompass all the qualities under the sun. Every single human quality we all are born with, those we have rejected are the ones that go into our shadow, which is uh, basically, uh, think about it as like a subconscious closet where we just tuck it away, shut it, lock it up tight, bury it. But it's in our subconscious mind, which is governing our behaviors. So we kind of give away our power when we take aspects and reject them and bury them away in our subconscious mind because we were born with the full spectrum of human traits. And if we reject any of these traits, good or bad, um, it's it's removing us from our authenticity and it's giving our ego fuel for the fire because our ego starts to flare up to hide these rejected aspects of self. And then we're all of a sudden, you know, our subconscious is what is governing a majority of our lives. And, and it's given this, this new thing that it's got to hide and protect. So I will let you kind of take it from there (laughs) with how you would define shadow. Okay. Um, I, I, okay. When I when I first like got introduced to this label for concept. this top concept, yeah. thank you yeah. for helping me, God. <laughs> uh, it was really difficult for me to comprehend because I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, I'm working towards enlightenment, and I'm, you know getting rid of all the bad things about myself and wah, you know, and that doesn't make like, you know, why would I want to drudge up or um, like acknowledge these things about myself that are less than favorable in my, in my eyes that I've worked so hard to like get rid of. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I realized I was like, okay, if you don't, if I'm talking to myself, if, if you don't acknowledge them, they will acknowledge you. 
those qualities, those aspects, like you said, you will tuck them away and you're thinking, you think, oh, I've, I've moved past that. I've, I've evolved, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh dear, I don't get angry anymore, you know, yeah. darling, no, not me. And then before you know it, your anger starts to come up in a way that feels like, okay, well, let me just blame that anger on someone else. And that's the ego doing the thing you said, like, okay, well, I'm going to still feel angry because I'm human and I'm allowed to feel that. But instead of taking responsibility for it and learning about it and digging through it and accepting it, I'm going to have to blame it on somebody else. And then your whole life just gets screwed because then you're in the cycle of constantly not having peace with yourself. And looking outside of yourself for justification. Correct. So that's how it strips you of your peace because it kind of undoes the work that that you thought that you were doing. Yes. Rather than just, okay, hey, listen, I'm a human. I have anger. I have jealousy. You know, and I have whatever qualities. Usually I feel like shadows are what, like rejected is a good word. Um, Maybe a quality might be something like, oh, I'm very like loud. And, yes. And or like uh, and that might not necessarily be a bad thing, but you're like, no, I want to be qu- like I'm a lady. I want to be small and quiet and cute. I don't want to be loud. So and- something came along in your in your uh, programming time mm-hmm. phase in your life that told you that being loud and female was bad. Correct. So you rejected that part of yourself. Right. And when you really get screwed is when you are naturally a loud female and right. you rejected that side of yourself. And then that creates self hate, which is the opposite of self love, which is what makes you freaking manifest. Yep. And then you're totally powerless. Yes. Rather than just being like, you know, this is part of who, who I am as a human and learning to cope with it and learning to feel differently about that part of yourself and giving it compassion rather than trying to shut it out or not allow it to go like yo anger you can come to the party come on you're gonna be there anyway yeah it's a spectrum of emotions yeah it's okay there's nothing wrong with it it's a guide to point you to something That, that you need healed that's exactly right that's exactly right instead of us like trying to scrub ourselves squeaky clean because guess what the cleaner we become the more we can brag about it (laughs) and guess who that is that's the ego yes so you know I, I remember that I started to acknowledge my shadows before I knew what I was doing and I wasn't sure what was going on because I had this really strange relationship with shame yes meaning that I wanted it to be gone but then I would bring these things up about myself that I felt shame towards and I wasn't understanding that I was doing shadow work Because it's a very slippery slope of like, hey, let me acknowledge these things about myself and and understand them, but not feel shame for uh, for carrying them, for having them. And that was a big, big, huge moment for me when I was able to, like, understand the difference. And that's that's a great point to kind of parlay into what I wanted to chat about next, which is kind of how to identify your shadow Mm -hmm. shadow is, is tied closely to the things that give you guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the reason that we chose this as the next subject after tests and triggers is because triggers are directly linked to your shadow Mm -hmm. because the stuff that sets you off out in the outside world is, is the stuff that you've rejected and you don't think is okay. And, and either you've rejected it in yourself or, and, and, or you rejected it in in the people outside of you, but still that this, this aspect that you have chosen to reject 
until you can make peace with it, is going to keep showing up and keep running the show. And it does, and it will, and it has, and it will continue. So, um, and I agree 100%, mm-hmm. but I think in a couple of ways that I identify trigger, and I can't wait to see if you have anything to add to this, because okay. I love this. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, not triggers, I'm sorry. Ways to identify shadow kind of via triggers is look at what you judge in others. Like, mm-hmm. when you're throwing shade at people, what is it that you're talking throwing shade about like oh the audacity of her to wear that dress because it's gaudy oh well maybe you have shadow about wearing gaudy clothes or like that person is so loud and obnoxious like you said earlier Mm -hmm. like that's something that's in your shadow Uh, another thing is things that we feel shame and guilt about which i just address words that set us off when we're being called that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the final thing is um i guess that's that's the main things but just to add on to that i feel like the more that we have attention to these these things that set us off, these shadow aspects of ourselves, mm-hmm. the more the universe is going to throw those things at you because the universe wants you to heal and be well. Right. And law of attraction, what you give your attention to is what you get mm-hmm. more of. So this is, if no other reason, why you want to heal your shadow and, and bring these aspects into the light instead of tucked away is because you're going to keep attracting more of that shit. And who wants that? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's coming to me songs, uh, Atlantis Morissette hand in my pocket. Oh yeah. I'm broke, but I'm happy. Yes. I'm poor, but I'm kind. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, these are like 90 songs, of course. Um, Meredith Brooks, bitch. Mm -hmm. I'm a saint. I'm a, I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I'm a, I'm a bitch, bitch. I'm a lover. I'm yeah. a child. Right. I'm a mother. Yeah. I'm a that's, sinner. That's it. I'm a saint. Exactly. Yeah. And you you have to learn how to accept that you have all of that. You even are the murderer, all the even the bad, bad stuff. We yeah. all can go to that place. When you when you call me a murderer, yeah. I'm not I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, like I'm not actually a murderer. But if you call me mm, what's one of my shadow words? An attention whore. <laughs> I might punch you in the face. <laughs> That's great. But so so it's so it's so easy to identify those things the 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 your shadow because yeah. it's the shit that sets you off just like the triggers. Yeah, exactly. You got to be willing to go there with yourself and that's such a good like I love that you're bringing that point up because we all love to judge, don't we? Yes. We just love a judgy judgester and we are them <laughs> and we we judge the shit out of everything, everybody, and we judge the shit out of ourselves. And it's okay. It's a survival tactic. Yeah. Like, we were wired, we were made to be perfect, and, like, one of the things that's perfect about humans is that we have this brain that works quickly and can collect data and analyze it and make an a- assessment, but that was for our safety out in the wild. It wasn't... And maybe, yes, also with the human relationships to some degree, right. but there's a difference between conscious thinking judgment and subconscious governing ego-based judgment and then survival-based judgment where and and that comes more into intuition where that's like a healthy guide correct and it's connected to the higher power and your highest self and if your intuition says don't go there that's not judgment that's that's direction and guidance yeah that's intuition and like the reason shadow is 
I, I had such a hard time understanding it. And then when I did, it was so It's a liberating. game changer. It's liberating. Yes. That is the, yes. Because shadows I, set you free. I had a set of people in my life who were like, you're so fucking judgmental. And, and like, they were like super sensitive and I loved that about them and I respected them. But like, they would like always throw stones at me calling me judgmental and like, Mm-hmm. that's actually one of my shadow words to be quite that's frank. a big one of my shadow but, words. big but i'm like how am i judgmental if this person is doing this behavior that freaking sucks like like you know <laughs> uh, uh, neglecting your child or uh being an alcoholic and harming others because of your alcoholism why is that making me judgmental but then i realized like because that is a part of my shadow it is making me a judgmental asshole like i need to accept all the spectrum all of the parts of yourself and everyone else yeah yeah exactly like and how like how do you metabolize that information like how do you apply your understanding of shadow like like what what does it look like in your life mm-hmm. well it's been really hard and it's taken a long time and many many years of like constant uh, practice for mm-hmm. me, but judgmental is definitely one of my shadow words too. I, I was told my whole life, like growing up, you think you're so much better than us. Mm-hmm. You just all, you know, everything, everything you do is so perfect and everything we do because I, I've gone through many, many chapters of my life. You know, I've kind of lived many lives already. And at one point there were things that I did. I was very governed by ego because I didn't do certain things. Because it was just you protecting yourself. It, it was, but but the truth was, I did feel like I was better than other people. I did. Yeah. And um, I want to, like, I'm not going to deny that because that's part, but I was very, very young and I didn't know what and why that was important. But as the shadows started to um, make themselves more known to me, that's exactly what happened. I started to understand that until I could accept, it started with me, of course, like most of my um, progress has started by learning that I'm not going to be able to coexist with anything and anyone around me until I really get real with myself. So as soon as I was able to start to see that I was feeling these feelings, as soon as I took the ego hat off and I could sit with myself long enough just to, just to acknowledge that's where I started. Let me just acknowledge that I do feel these feelings. Let me stop denying them. Yes. That was where I started. Let me so stop what, denying them. What feeling specifically? Um, judge judgment. Uh meaning meaning I'm more valuable than you are in life because I do these things or don't do these things and you do these things or don't do these things. So you recognize that that was causing you pain. Having it was that causing mentality. me so much pain and separation from my brothers and sisters, you know, like period, like it was causing separation period. And the thing is I knew my spirit didn't feel that way. So I was very in tune like, with why am I doing this? Still? I knew, why yeah. do I have this behavior? Yeah. And I, and I felt so confused and I was like, am I an abuser? Like, am I like, seriously, because I'm like, but I love you, you know? And I was having this moment like with other people where I was like, I'm telling you these things because I love you. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This is so confusing. That's not kind. It's not, it doesn't feel out of kindness in a loving place it was, when you do that. It wasn't translating that way and I had to figure out why yes and so the only way to do that was for me to stop denying those things in myself so the first thing I did was I was like okay you Madeline are doing these things you feel these feelings you know I feel jealousy I feel rage like I feel rage from time to time still to this day yeah it's a a human emotion yeah and I remember being embarrassed 
by certain friends who couldn't control themselves in public and like would constantly, I've told y'all this story about like how I grew up pretty gangsta, kind of rough. I mean, whatever, <laughs> but, but like we would go somewhere and it was like, God dang, man, every time we go somewhere, y'all got to get into a fight. We got to get kicked out, you know, and it just started to feel like this sucks, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then I started to feel embarrassed, you know, by it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Every time I go out with so-and-so and listen, I'm not saying that that means I need to stick around and I need to continue that behavior and those relationships with those people and et cetera. But I couldn't discern who I needed to keep around and who I didn't until I got real with myself. Because when I got real with myself, then I, I was like, okay, now I feel more confident in understanding like compassion and kindness towards all humans. And relating with others and in codependency yeah. and unhealthy toxic toxicity in relationships with people who are unwilling to respect my boundaries. And that was two different things. But I couldn't separate it. Yeah. It was like a big freaking tornado like storm in my head all the time. So I started to like, hey, like all right, I feel these feelings. These things happen. That could have just as easily. And then what really started to hit hard was I've had a lot of very, very close friends growing up that struggle with addiction. Mm -hmm. And I didn't drink. Yeah. And uh, then when I, I, I like at all, yeah. never touched a drug in my life, never touched an alcohol in my life for a very long time. Like I was in my twenties, like late bloomer. And then it took a while for me to realize that that could have just as easily been me. There, there was nothing stopping the way that we grew up, the environment that we were in, the people that we were around. One decision could have changed the trajectory of my whole life, and I could have been the addict just as easily as all those other girls that I grew up with. Got it. And when that hit me, that came through me when I started to drink, and I started, you know, because alcohol is socially acceptable. So that was a judgment. Yeah. I'm better than you because I drink alcohol, but you know, you do hard drugs. Yeah. And then it started to like all make sense to me. And I realized I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, you could, is so easy. I could have been, I could have been doing the exact same thing. Yep. And there's no difference in us. None. Yes, ma'am. Zero. Period. That's a great example. I really, I, I identify with that as well. Um, and I think one of the the benefits of, of doing this shadow work is is compassion for yourself and others, mm-hmm. which I'll, I'll we'll discuss shortly. Mm-hmm. I've, I've told, and this this is why I say it's going to piss people off. And this is I'm not trying to go down like a drug bunny trail or anything, but this is sort of the the depth of how hard I had to really get real with myself. Like when I've done the research, like alcohol is as addict. They ha- there's a scale as heroin. I believe it. I know you do. But I'm telling you, you tell tell that to somebody just randomly and see what happens. That's because alcoholism <laughs> is in their shadow. Well, that's exactly my and point. And you know, that, that's like for me, it's real easy for me to, to have a conversation with someone and ask them, yeah. do you think you have a drinking problem? They're like, well, I don't know. And I was like, well, does drinking cause you problems? And they're like... I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> well, do you have a job? Do you have a car? Do you have the life you want? No. Well, then drinking, you do have a drinking problem. Yeah. But people reject that alcoholism that's in their shadow. Yeah. And so they're going around drinking, 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 and and which creates more guilt and shame, which mm-hmm. feels the need the to shadow. keep drinking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shadow and addiction, like. Go hand in hand. And, and but it's so, if you do the shadow work, mm-hmm. see what happens to your addiction. Well, that's right. That's right. Because when you, I think about it as a very literal translation of a shadow. Like I think about like a cockroach. Where does a cockroach hide? 
in the darkness. dark. But the minute that you put the light on it and you expose it, it scurries away. Yes. That is exactly what happens to us spiritually. That's That's the the healing. healing. Exactly. So when you stop being afraid to go in the dark, I'm afraid of the dark. Yeah. I'm going to run away from the dark parts of me um, or the things that I tuck away or hide and uh, codependency, um, addictions, uh, envy, jealousy, greed, um, anger. All the ego things. All the ego things. Which is just basically the fear, fear, fear based, like self defense. Yeah shell that we've built up separate scarcity separate mentality yeah yeah but you know in your heart and soul what feels right and wrong and all of us humans on this planet Mm -hmm. we all have the same spirit and Mm -hmm. life force and we all know deep down hence connecting with your intuition that Mm -hmm. will help you figure out what your shadow is as well right exactly it's the shit that doesn't align with that that God force, that life force within us. Exactly. And the minute that you shine the light on it, like, you're like, kind of like, okay, like a little kid, like, mommy, I'm scared. It's dark in here. I see monsters. The minute that you turn the light on, you show the kid, baby, this is just a stuffed animal. (laughs) It's nothing to be afraid of. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid of this. You perceive it as a monster. It's just a stuffed animal. And then when you recognize, you can turn that light back off and let it stay in the shadow, but you're not afraid of it anymore because you've identified it, you've exposed it, and you're familiar with it now. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to kind of dig into shadow a little bit more. I'm def- I'd like to cover kind of how how to bring that shit to the light and okay. heal it. Um, yeah. Uh, I just... Just to kind of dive in a little bit more, because I really want people to understand like what, how to find your shadow and what to do with it, because this is one of the most healing, powerful things you can do for yourself, but it's just really complex and kind of confusing. It is. Um, But like basically shadow comes from either childhood trauma, some kind of experience in your childhood that caused shame and guilt and pain or it could be from familial imprinting so like there can be shadow that's passed down generations absolutely because nobody ever heals it so that same narrative that same programming is just passed right down i was just watching sopranos last night and <laughs> tony soprano's like uh having flashbacks to his childhood and then he's having the same behaviors to hoard to his kids and then you uh-huh. get to see the limiting beliefs that his dad had that uh-huh. passed to him that he's passing to his kids that shit is real and then there's just the societal uh shadow and there can be religious shadow shadow can come mm. from so many different sources and it doesn't fucking matter it just matters for you where does it come from what's it doing how's it affecting your life mm. and just really identifying it and then I, I'm going to just go into one of my shadow words and okay. my examples, and I would love to hear more about yours and okay. the root of it and, and what you're doing with it and okay. how you're healing. But uh, I earlier I mentioned one of my shadow words is attention whore. Mm-hmm. And this is one that <laughs> I am still working through, and I'm I feel like I'm about 75% healed. Uh-huh. And so I, I first identified the root – and sorry, mama, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, mama. Like this is this is perhaps a familial generational limiting belief slash shadow. Um, but my mom 
has a deep fear of being seen. And in my childhood, she would criticize other people, women who stepped out in the spotlight, whether they were like too sexy, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, like some of my friends or whatever. They're like, what is she doing? What is she wearing? Why is she on social media talking like that? And it's like, yeah. And recently, that's how I was able to trace the root when I was hanging out with my mom and she was throwing shade at one of my friends who just recently got plastic surgery and blah, Uh blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my freaking gosh, that's where I have the shame and guilt about dressing sexy and being a little loud in public and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, all of 2019 or I'm sorry, in 2020, I didn't post shit online because I was so... I was like paralyzed. Yeah. And that that was my my shadow a hundred percent running the show because guess what? I am an attention whore. I love to be on the stage. Yes. And this freaking podcast is happening as a part of the shadow work. I am I'm putting myself out there. I'm trying yes. to rewrite my narrative because I don't want to be governed by this fear of being perceived as an attention whore. Who gives a shit what other people think? All that matters exactly. is if I'm true to myself and I'm living my best life. That's period. Right. That's right. Drop mic. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, That's huge. I mean, that is such a a beautiful way to expose it is just to face your fear. Yeah. Just face it. Turn the light on. Mm -hmm. You're scared of the monster in the dark? Turn the light on. Period. Yep. I mean, face, the exposure therapy is a thing, expose, you know. Yeah, face your fear. Go head, like, go, you know, head on. And, um, you know, being raised in the South, I feel like that's a very, and being white, I feel like that's a very, you notice I said white. Yes. Like, that's a very common trigger and shadow, I believe, for most women in and around our generational time because I believe it was for our parents as well. Um, like not to dress a certain way, not to sound a certain Miranda Lambert has a song. Not um, my mama's broken heart. Mama's broken heart. <laughs> exactly. Um, y'all, we dropping some songs on y'all today. Y'all yes. need to listen to all these songs, <laughs> but you know, she's like, I was taught to like a lady. I remember as a child, love you mama being told children are to be seen and not heard. <laughs> literally i still agree with that <laughs> oh dear god literally i was told that actually i say that about boys but <laughs> well you know what i'm saying so yeah i mean one of my shadows is um any any anything that makes you feel like when, when you have a moment within yourself where you're like i'm not like that that's a shadow. A hundred percent. Anytime that you, your brain tells you that it doesn't even have to come out, but like any feeling that if you see somebody and it upsets you, uh, or you hear something and it upsets you or you see, and, and your mind says, Oh, I would never do that. Or I'm not like that. Or I, I can't believe she's he or she's doing yes. that. That immediately is a like big, huge red flag that that's exactly what you're afraid of. One million percent. Exactly. And I I started to realize now in my later, in this latter part of this journey with my shadow work, that I was being held back my whole life by people who were terrified of their own shadows and projected that onto me. Yes, queen. So for me, it was always about um, stability 
being free spirited, um, being, being not knowing what you were doing, you know, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. A lot of that. Or, um, you can't do that. That's not possible for you to do that. And thing. that's the shit. That's the limiting belief. That's yeah. the programming. Mm-hmm. And then you throw whatever that thing is in shadow. Mm-hmm. If somebody's like, you can't be a musician. You can't be an artist. Creative people don't make money. Exactly. Guess what? You throw that in your shadow. You build this little shell around it. And even though that might be your freaking truth. Well, that is. It's very much is. And so then, therefore, I'm like, well, I'm. we talked about this. I'm going to put on my button-up shirt, and I'm going to change my name to Buffy. And, and I'm going to go play golf, and I'm going to play tennis on Tuesdays with my pinky. And then all of a sudden you're having anxiety or depression or being suicidal or whatever because you're so far removed from your truth Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. it hurts. Your body starts to shut down. It does. And you start to feel like you just can't, like, you don't even know what's going on anymore, you know? And, like, you can't keep that up for long. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, when we we hear somebody be called, like, fake, (laughs) you know, you know, like, I'm, like, well, then I'm fake, too. Like, this is shadow work, right? Because we're all going to have that moment where there are different versions of us. That's not what we're speaking about. Like there's versions of us that come out at different times. Yes. yes. And as people were allowed to ebb and flow through those things. But when you know what I'm talking about, when you meet somebody and they've got that just overwhelmingly like plastic plasticness to them with their personality. And that's a, that's a shadow. I mean, that's, they're terrified because it's their to ego. be seen yeah, it's their in ego any other way. Them. Correct. It's a, this facade. Correct. Like, to me, Correct. the ego puts on a facade right. to hide the thing, the rejected aspects, but that shit is so freaking fragile because it ain't real. Right. Whatever facade your ego has built to hide those things, it's, it's, it's fake. It's like, yeah. you know, like in, in like model homes or maybe not model homes, but like, Maybe like the Renaissance Festival, like a lot of those like buildings and yeah. structures are really just like plywood. Yes, like they're yes. not real structures. Right. Like that's that's how I see it. It's right. like this like really fragile thing. And when your shadow gets exposed in mm-hmm. life, you will see a side of yourself that you're like, holy shit! Like I didn't even, I've never even seen myself behave that way. Yeah, exactly. Like if somebody were, if I was drunk at a bar and somebody called me an attention whore that didn't know me, especially someone that I didn't have respect for. And they, they did that. Oh my God. I don't even want to know what I would do. Right. You know what? I, maybe not now, but you know, a yeah, couple of years course, ago, if that course. happened, yeah, hell yeah. And right. guess what? The stronger I reject that thing, the more those people are going to come and they're going to bring it out and I'm going to be a huge asshole and then feel really bad afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And I promise you the harder and the faster you run away, the harder it's, it's like a wave. Yeah, it's like it's like building, you know, like the wave is just building, building, building. And the moment it will catch up to you and and it will knock you like if you run and and try to shove it down and avoid it, it will knock you down so much harder than if you just decide that you're ready to face it. Yes. And that is so true. That's so true. A hundred percent. And you just reminded me of something that I learned today that I hope I can teach you. Maybe you know this. Maybe you don't. Uh, Tell it it to me. So narcissists Mm, can sense. Fave. Can sense your shadow. Oh, yeah. And they use it against you. Yep. It is like fuel for the gaslighting. So if you if you have if you're being governed by your ego shell, that protective layer and that facade, 
and you come across someone who's also unhealed that falls on the spectrum of narcissism, Mm -hmm. they're going to sniff out all of those things and they're Mm going to use it to gaslight you and manipulate you and, and tear you down even more and steal your power even more. Yeah, because that's what they want to get what they need. Do you That's the only way to do it? Yeah, I know. Do you care me. to elaborate on that anymore? I mean, it. I guess the what the main point is about this is that you're not safe hiding in your shadow. No. That's what we're trying to tell you. We, we've been taught that if we put something away that we're protecting, like you said. But the reality is you are at risk for so much more pain and, um, and, and test and trip. Like... The, the harder and farther you push it down, the more risk you are at, the more risk you have for like burnout with this thing. Because like you said, a narcissist is going to come along and see it. Another person, the vibe, all your relationships are going to suffer. They're going to the yourself with everybody, your exactly. children, your parents, your significant other, everything. Yeah. You're not doing anybody, including yourself, any favors by like shoving it down because, um, that's exactly right. Like when you're not being true and you're like putting all that stuff away and you come across, like you said, a person who might fall on the spectrum of narcissism and they're on that vibe this the when they expose you it's gonna feel like they pulled the rug out from under you and like let me tell you what's gonna happen in that cycle then you're gonna be totally caught off guard and you're gonna blame again you're gonna turn it back around and you're gonna be a victim and you're gonna continue to perpetuate the cycle rather than let me tell you what happens let me let me give you an example if a narcissist calls me out i'm like yep i know Oh, love it. It's called gray rocking. When you gray rock a narcissistic person or energy, you don't give it any fuel. Yes. You keep it. You keep the interaction. You shut it down. Yep. I'm not going to fuel this. I'm not going to let you see that this bothers me. And maybe it, maybe it'll be something I give a little thought to, but 90% of the time at this point, I'm okay. Yes. I'm a single woman who has a child out of wedlock. Yes. My child is biracial. Yes, I'm uh, probably a couple pounds over what you think is culturally appropriate for beauty. Yes. And I'm out here doing my motherfucking thing. What else? Oh, Period. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and th- those are some of my shadows, you know, being raised in the South and and the love that like starts to happen for yourself and and when you, and I know we're going to talk about this in another episode, like your ch- children and how that shows up. But when you start to love all the people around you and you want the best for them, you, you can't treat yourself poorly anymore. You know, you can't, you can't love them and want the best for them, but then keep telling yourself these lies and hurt yourself. Yes. You have to expose yourself to, to gain your power. Yes. You have to be in your power. You got to know what you're working with to be in your power. And your power comes from your, your self love. Yeah, Exactly. And so it starts with you, period, 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 period. period you period. cannot give anything to anyone else until your cup is full and mm-hmm. you have to love yourself right. to fill the cup. And one of these, one of the things about loving yourself is, is not keeping all this shit rejected, you right. know, like all these aspects of yourself rejected. You've right. got 
I love the examples you use because mm-hmm. those are so freaking real. Yeah. And like, I have so much compassion for men in this country mm-hmm. because they have so much shit that is already passed in their cultural shadow. Yeah, so At least pressure. we get to like feel our feelings and stuff, you yeah, know, as women, true. they're not allowed to men. Like, well, I wonder well, what pers- we, we are, we have been told we're allowed to feel our feelings. So we are, we are. But, but there saying, might be women who who can't. Of course, of course. I'm just saying, like, generally, culturally, yeah. like, I feel like I just have a little bit of empathy for males because I would say, um, I would say probably at least over 50% have had that programming where it, it's, it's gay yeah. to, to have or feelings soft. or emotions, you yeah. know? Like, yes. I mean, like firstly who cares if you're gay or not so that's in their shadow too you know it's like of course you have to reject all this stuff about yourself just right out the gate being born into this country you know what i'm saying of course yeah and i feel like we're doing a lot better as a culture with that now i'm thankful yes and i think i post things i've seen other people you've post things about like I love to see a man cry or give a hug or take a moment. You know, like we are all the the point of this is we are all all the things. Exactly. Man, woman, American, European, black, white, uh, you know, however you identify your sexuality, however you identify your gender, however you identify your, you know, your nationality, any and all labels of all that stuff doesn't matter. We are. Humans are all the things. Yes, because we're all of us are all the things. And if you're not willing to admit that with yourself, then that's a good place to start. Yas queen. That's the best place for <laughs> you to start <laughs> right there. Yes. If you can't accept someone else for what you perceive to be their faults, start there. Why do you feel that way about you, about you? If someone else has faults that you just can't stand, why? Why does that trigger you so much? Yes. I, start start there. Yes, and that is that's a perfect for like what I, the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is how to identify your shadow and that yep. is that's it. That's it. Or it, not so much So yes, you just explain how to identify it mm-hmm. and like I just wanted to talk about how to work with shadow. Okay. And one of the ways that you work with it and do the dance so that you can heal mm-hmm. is identifying it. And you just pointed out exactly how that happens. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, is reprogramming limiting beliefs. And that can look like taking time once you've identified your shadow and mm-hmm. you realize, Oh my gosh, this is something I judge in others. This is something I judge in myself. This is something that sets me off, whatever, you know, that's yeah. the first step. Next thing is reprogramming it. And then the next thing to me is to out it and to own it. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, reprogramming happens by like, like taking time to meditate on it or do a mantra about it or something like that. Like it's, figure out the source and then think about like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm an attention whore and that's okay. I'm an attention whore and that's okay. Or mm-hmm. maybe first you need to meditate or, or to even find the root of why this thing triggers mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then start to like meditate on healing that. So think about like the moment when that initial thing 
was put in your shadow. So for me, maybe it was watching TV with my mom and her talking shit about a celebrity for being an attention whore. Yep. And then I sit and I meditate on that moment and rewriting what happened in that moment, hearing my mom say, wow, that woman is brave and beautiful for stepping in the spotlight the way yes. she did. Right. And then the next step to that is outing it and owning it. So that's turning the light on the cockroaches and mm-hmm. watching them scamper. So first right. outing it means just being brave and putting it out there that that's something that you're scared of and that you've rejected. So, and then owning it is like, once again, the mantra is like, I am an attention whore until you're desensitized to that. Yeah. And then, and then changing the narrative, like you said, to like, I'm brave and beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. You got to take steps with it. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, all, all that. And, and when you're go back and kind of like from our first podcast, like when you get ready for the shadow work, start to apply those principles to the shadow work, like unbecoming, which is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So kind of go through the cycle again. Yes. With that. And one of the biggest things that I would like to recommend is identify if it's your shadow. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not yours. It's you've, society, you've just been given it. Yes. And it's family, whatever. And one of the most pr- powerful things that I've learned during my meditations at times, especially with shadow work or self-limiting beliefs or burdens, um, insecurities, anxieties, any of those, whatever is when I'll, I'll sit and I'll allow myself to have, I'll, I'll get into a really good deep breath work. You kind of, have you ever felt the feeling when you sort of go into that meditative trance a little bit, that hypnotic place where the sounds kind of start to magnify around you and your, your mind starts to clear. I challenge you to try to get there. It's it's a couple breaths in. It's hyper presence, right? Is yeah, that what you're saying? A, a little bit. Where you're like just like you've totally lost your conscious mind for a minute. Just for a moment. If you can feel that feeling for just a moment, you're in your subconscious. That's the spot you need to be in. Yes. So practice getting there first. Sit quietly, breathing. If if what you need to do is to focus on your sounds, your inhales, your exhales to get yourself, you almost kind of get like a little tingly bit around yourself, and then you can hear things a little a little more clearly. You can you're more aware of your breath. All of the stuff in your head starts to kind of float away. So when you get to that place, imagine whatever belief you're working with, whatever shadow you're working with. I think about it as being, you can put it, it you can it can be in a box, it can be in a balloon. And you can take it out of the box and you can look at it the same way, like your mom. And you can say, hey, attention whore, belief, I'm going to give you back to the person that gave it to me. 100%. And you can walk across the room and envision that person and say, I never asked for this. Well, I'd like to return it. You feel, pl- please feel free. You don't have to give it back to the person. You can send it up into the sky. You can burn it. You can pop the balloon. You can pop whatever. the balloon. Yeah. You can send the balloon away. You can put it back in the box and lock it away. Yes. You can bury it. Whatever feels right for your meditation practice. But if you do that, it will help you. It sounds woo woo. It is not. It will help you continue to practice getting rid of it. Like, okay, yes. I don't feel this way. I'm appreciative of the fact that you may mom, dad, society, you might've thought you were protecting me by giving me this thing. I don't need it. I'm going to give it back. And it works. Now it doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge that it's still there. Like, you know, but we, we know where it is and it's, 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 it doesn't have power over us anymore. You know, you are 
hitting the nail <laughs> on the head so well. Yeah. So what you said is ex- exactly the same thing. I'm going to reprogram that narrative into from attention horror or what have you to like brave and beautiful. Exactly. And you know, whatever process works for you, but that is a big, 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 big part of a tool and a toolkit that I highly recommend that you practice. So I'd like to go ahead then and just take a break from this conversation okay. to um, listen to this week's uh, COVID up level testimony. Yeah. Jessica. Yas. Okay. Each week on Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline, we will share a story from a listener who used the global pandemic in 2020 as an opportunity to up-level personally or professionally. So, what is your name, age, city, and profession? My name is Jessica Bornius, and my age, I'm 40. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my profession... (laughs) Pre-COVID was, uh, I was a musician and I am now a bookkeeper and going to be pursuing a CPA uh, license to become an accountant. Cool. I can't wait to hear more. Yeah. So my first question for you is how did you up level as a result of the hardships created by the pandemic and lockdown in 2020? So to answer that question, I should paint a picture of what my life looked like before COVID. So pre-COVID, I was a professional musician. I sing and I play the keyboard. And I was in several bands, I was touring, traveling a lot, playing gigs regularly all up and down the East Coast. Uh, But as a musician, I had been getting really burned out. It's not the lifestyle that you think it's going to be. You have a certain picture of what it's going to be like, and then you get into it and you realize how much hard work and late nights and sleeping on tour buses. Um, how that's not the lifestyle that you have in your mind when you set out to be a musician. And COVID happened, and all of a sudden, all of my gigs were gone or canceled, and I had nothing on the calendar, nothing on the books. And I also teach piano and voice on the side when I'm in town. Fortunately, I was able to completely convert my lessons to a um, virtual studio and keep my students going that way. But I didn't realize how much of my income was coming from the gigs until I didn't have the gigs. And I assessed my finances and <laughs> I was like, ruh someone's got to give here. And um, I I just had time for the first time, honestly, to really dig deep about what it is that I want um, professionally. And I realized that I want more freedom, more ability to work remotely, more ability to just do my work and be done with it. I think it's hard as a musician um, because you, you're constantly putting yourself out there artistically. And... Um, you know, I 
I was sort of done with it, honestly. Um, so I enrolled in a bookkeeping course and took night classes for 10 weeks, which actually turned into 12 weeks. Um, and I passed all of my certification exams to become a bookkeeper. And I guess the backstory is I've always been a math nerd and I, I run my um, music business, you know, pretty, I run a pretty tight ship. And I realized that the thing that I love the most about doing the business is the numbers and the books. And I honed in on that and became certified as a bookkeeper. And I now have a job working remotely as a bookkeeper, which is a dream come true for me because there's no late night, there's no travel on a bus. Um, and interestingly enough, now that we're moving out of COVID, um, I've started being offered gigs again, and I'm able to focus more clearly on the gigs that I want and not just spreading myself so thin, but because I've up-leveled to this other profession that allows me to work remotely, um, I'm able to focus in on what I want musically in my career and navigate towards that instead of just always taking every gig that was offered to me. Wow, I love it. Um, it's This is really interesting because the, mm-hmm. the interview before yours, somebody switched from working a full-time career to becoming a full-time songwriter. And the one before oh that God, was a, a CPA <laughs> who's about to uh, change career paths and get into real estate. So it's just funny how, you know, something, it, what your best life looks like is going to look different for each person. And uh, I think it's interesting that you, you started out with the creative field and then you realized that the thing you like most was the business side of it. Uh, I can relate with that as well. I, that, that's really interesting. I love it. This is perfect timing for, for you to come and talk to us. Um, and yeah, you, you, awesome. So my next question was going to be, what are the circumstances leading up to March 2020? But it looks like you already answered that. So mm-hmm. the next thing I wanted to um, just to hear more about is, how did you stay motivated and focused like through the process, through the transition? Um, yeah, like what what kind of inspired you during that time? Uh, so I'm also a single mother. I have two daughters, and I'm not going to lie, doing classes at night was extremely difficult, especially because they were virtual. And I would be teaching during the day and get home and have my kids here, and I'd have to basically just send them away. <laughs> and they had been home all day, you know, because they were doing school remotely as well. Close my door to my bedroom, come in here and be in class from 6 to 10, trying to squeeze all of this information into my brain. And my brain doesn't usually work, honestly, after 6 p.m. It's like I'm done. Um, but the motivation for me was, what was going to be waiting for me on the other side, which I felt like it was going to be more freedom uh, to work when I want, where I want, how I want. And yeah, that was my big motivation, honestly. And of course, obviously also the motivation was I need income (laughs) because I'm not making money as a musician. Um, But 
I, I was able for the first time, honestly, to not be gigging every night of the week, you know, and have the time to pursue something different. And that was a really strong motivator for me, honestly. Yeah, so like COVID kind of gave you a time to pause and reflect because you weren't able to do the gigs and then you took advantage of that extra time to kind of move over into a different career path. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. So aside from just the having to do the evening classes and a little bit of the financial uncertainty, did you have any other other challenges or um, you know, things that you had to push through during this transition? Uh, I will say that I was, so I was offered a job, a bookkeeping job before I had even taken my certification courses. Uh, my professor, uh, put my name in for this job and they hired me on the spot and I really had to push through insecurity and a completely new environment. You know, I walk into a gig and I've been doing this for 20 years and I know that I'm going to perform well. You know, I have a level of confidence in that. But with this, you know, I was constantly second, second guessing myself and, you know, am I doing this right? Do they like me? Am I going to be able to do the job? I'm not even certified yet. What in the world am I doing? Uh, just the self doubt. But, you know, I really honed in on this is my path. You know, this is where I'm supposed to be. And just let go of the insecurity, honestly, and move forward in the direction that I am walking toward. That's awesome. It sounds like you are pretty secure. At least, you know, you were, you were, you know, nervous or insecure a little bit about starting a new trade, but it sounds like you were pretty secure about this being the right next step. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. That, that's definitely fortunate, you know, to have some, some direction and guidance was did that just kind of come to you. Like how, how did you, how did you get from, being a musician to figuring out like this is this is the next path I need to go on. I think for me and I'm not saying that this is for everyone, but for me, I've always tried to create space in my life for listening to my intuition and really tapping into that. And you know, I believe that we all have a strong, if we can tap into it, meditation, time away, you know, alone time, whatever you want to call it. Um, if we're willing to listen, I believe that the path will make itself known. And that's at least been my experience in my life. Um, and yeah, that's really what, what I've always tried to, um, follow is that voice inside of you saying you know take this next step take this next step and you don't really know where it's going to lead always but you follow that path and and you know it's all a part of the journey too it's not like there's necessarily this one destination and when you get there everything's going to be great but it's honing into that what is that next step for me 
Oh my gosh, I love it so much. That's like a hundred percent. Our episode, a couple episodes, was on intuition, and that's that's exactly what we were talking about. So we're definitely yeah. aligned. I and I agree with you. Um, and I love hearing somebody else talking about that because I think it's it's one of the most important tools in, in living your best life is is hearing your intuition and following it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Well, so I have one final question for you, and that is, what were the major lessons you learned that you think may benefit others? Do you have any any tips or tricks or um, anything you can share that might help other people push through? My biggest takeaway from the transition that I've been through is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of success. Don't be afraid of not doing it right. Don't be afraid of not knowing what's going to happen next. Um, You will always be taken care of. And if you believe it, it'll happen. And let go of the fear and walk towards whatever it is that you feel is your calling. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you so much. Do you have anything else you want to share before uh, we close out? I don't think so. It's been good talking to you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm, um, so we will, we will air this soon, but I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. So that was Madeline's first time hearing this interview, but this was someone that she was originally supposed to interview that she brought to the table. And so I'm excited that she got to hear that and watch her reaction to hearing it the first time. That was great. Jessica is so great. Yeah, Jessica, she, she had some, some power, some BQE, big queen energy. Yo, let me tell you, she has big, big queen energy. Like she's one of those women who never, ever, ever shames gossips she doesn't do any of that stuff and like she's so easy going and go with the flow and she's such a like rock kind of like a pillar energy it's very Mm -hmm. hard to explain but like she's ebby and flowy in the best way but you never question where you stand with her where you are with her she gives nothing but love consistently for years years and years and years and she's never upset or you know these are the these are my perceptions you know but this is the way she's always treated me she's never upset if things don't work out or if you need to reschedule something or she's just like a she you you could tell the way she speaks she's very very in touch and grounded and strong and also just wonderful though like yeah she doesn't have like hard edges to her but she's very strong in that energy at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, d- I did the interview earlier this week and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love it. It's amazing. But yeah. like, how am I going to tie this into shadow? This, this girl yeah. seems like she's got it figured out pretty well, you know, but then I thought about it a little more yeah. and there was, there's two things. One, she's a great example of what it looks like to like have the uncertainty, but push through it anyway. Like she went through the tests, you know, she up leveled and like we all want to get into those shoes. And it seems like she probably has 
been doing some shadow work. I didn't ask her, but like you can just tell that vibe. Mm-hmm. And she's she's one of those people that's kind of like like a, a guide for all the rest of us, something to aspire towards. Absolutely. Like th- this doesn't apply to Jessica directly, but something that's coming to me is um, at, in a younger, younger time in my life, I remember feeling so suffocated by the stereotypical cookie cutter um, cultural box that I felt the need to be put in. Yes. And so I had this vision. Okay. This is totally bullshit. All right. But I'm letting y'all know this is how my little brain was working back then because you only know what you're exposed to. So I had this vision that I was going to like go be amongst the hippies. Uh huh. <laughs> I was going to go be amongst the free people and I was going to fit in there. That's where I was going to fit in. I was going to go sing and dance and do all the things. And I was going to go hiking and climbing and, you know, fuck the society, man. And like all this, right? Yes. So I'm like, yeah, these are going to be my people. I was pumped. So I go and then I get in that world and I realize they're judging the other world. A hundred million percent. The artists and the creatives and the free thinkers, all these. And listen. It hit me like a brick freaking wall. And that was the moment I was like, oh, my God, we're all the same. Exactly. Well, none of uh, us are any different than anybody else. It. So I'm um, I'm not assuming or speculating or putting this on her. Yes. Because I don't know. But I wonder, this might be a question we can ask her another time. I wonder if she felt pressure in her world not to go corporate. I'm sure there's the some same naysayers way, and stuff. You got to think about yeah. it. The way that we feel pressure in the corporate world not to go creative. Yeah. I wonder if her, in her creative, very like tight knit group, she got, she was pressured not to go corporate. So maybe that was part of her shadow work. Yeah. Do you know I, what I'm I, saying? Yeah. No, it was, so. it was just cool to hear somebody who like just had a lot of ease and grace with She's sharing it, very, you know? Yes. And, yes. but another thing that like I, I, wanted to tie into this she she hits the nail on the head with the way she explains like following her intuition and everything and for me the way that I got led to shadow work it was really weird I had like one of those digital those like digital download like straight from the universe straight from the cosmos clear ass message that said (laughs) do shadow work yeah and I'm like but right now I'm really trying to work on boundaries. Why the hell do I want to do shadow work right now? Yeah. You know, because like I knew that was the next thing. Like I just did some boundaries. I learned how to do it with family and then it was friends and now it's work. And like, uh-huh. I'm like, why the hell do I need to do shadow work? Well, guess what, homie? Last week when we were talking about my trigger, one uh-huh. of my triggers is entitled. Yeah. Which is one of my shadow shadow words. I don't want to be perceived as entitled. Uh-huh. And so it's been programmed into me to reject that aspect of myself. Uh-huh. And I've always felt the need to overperform, which has led me to some codependent behaviors, which has led me to the need to learn how to set boundaries. So my intuition said shadow work. Shadow yeah. work helped me figure out that entitled is a trigger. And then that was something that needed to be reprogrammed. And now guess what, queen, you know, yeah. this week, yeah. I had yesterday, she held my hand while I learned, I tried to set a boundary. And then I found out that, Hey, I didn't even need to set this boundary in the first place. You needed to set it with yourself. 100%. Yeah. You but, did. But, and you did that. You're doing that. But I got to see, I mean, 
God, the universe is so beautiful when you learn how to like play with it and play ball and manifest. Like all these things we're telling you are real. Like if you apply these things, like you are going to get to do this beautiful dance with life. Yeah. Nothing. There's nothing that compares to it. It, It's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's like feeling it's it's freedom. A hundred percent. All of this work that is is scary and all these things like the liberation on the other side of all this work is worth it. Yes. It is so freaking worth it because you're held and free. You're, you're on a, you know, you're on this path. You're supported. The universe is like the earth is never going to let you down. Yes. But you're free to go anywhere and do anything mentally, physically. You can, you can do this. I'm telling you, if we can do it, you can do it. And we're just kind of teaching you how to find those things in your, your self that you can heal and reprogram so that you can have that freedom because guess what we all do we just forget (laughs) yeah yeah and it's a way to keep yourself like in check and and stay accountable by continuing to do the work because the work will never stop until the day we die it will never stop the work will always be there this is not a destination this is a process and it's so fun when you figure it out and you realize okay this is the reality life is always going to change we're always going to have places to heal we're always going to have room to grow that is the definition of life life is growing and evolving if you're not doing that then you're dying yeah pretty much it's decay you know it's death <laughs> Damn. No, yeah. i mean no this is real <laughs> shit man this is a, a beautiful picture we're painting of decay i mean to me it's 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 serious it's serious it, it, but it i love serious. that you're laughing about it because it is, it is it's, it's also lighthearted. if you want it to be but that's exactly right no it is very very serious and that's that is the truth we all i know that that's the truth it's just i have this kind of cartoon image of it when you said it that's why I'm laughing but it is true and that's uh, what I think Jessica did a good job of that like so to me she's like a river or the the idea of it is like a river you know like it flows sometimes it's big and strong and in this sort of current this is life right and then other times it kind of has to find its own little trickle and then it rejoins the big river but it's always moving mm-hmm. Pocahontas oh my gosh <laughs> I love Pocahontas Y'all listen to Just Around the River Bend. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've just been waiting to plug that song. <laughs> we're, our next podcast, we're just going to have one on, like, songs. and, and Apparently, in movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, that's how my simple mind identifies with things, okay? It's, so It's fine. Yeah. It's good. Disney movies and 90s songs. <laughs> Maybe that's a part of your authentic code, and you should lean into that more I in your am- life. I'm leaning on, I'm all the way in. I was about to bust down some Alanis Morissette just a minute ago. I was about to get it right in here. I was not playing no games. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel good. I think the best advice, like anything at the end of all these episodes is like, get started. Yep. Don't be afraid. Jump in. Don't worry about how it looks. It's going to be messy. Just get get the foot moving. Yeah. And, and the last little thing I wanted to discuss, I know we're going a little longer, but I don't, okay. I don't care. There ain't no rules. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to like re reiterate like the benefits of identifying your shadow aspects and, and working through them. And you just said it, the freedom, the clarity, the connection to your intuition, the compassion for yourself and others. And then really, and truly this is, how you become back in your power you're no longer governed by your subconscious mind you're no longer 
behind this ego shell, this facade that isn't real. You're just you and you're shamelessly yourself and you are so ready to play ball with life. Exactly. And I just, one final thing that I want to share with you guys because this shit blew my mind and I know it's something that a lot of women and men can relate to and that's that a lot of us put fat and obesity in our shadow because of our cultural programming and and so many messages say like fat is unlovable and for me I lost 20 pounds after hating myself because that was one of my shadow things fat was a shadow once I started to do other work on building my own self-love and self-worth I started losing weight and I realized that because I had put fat in my shadow and I didn't love myself my body was literally retaining weight because ah Yes. It was like this this protective shell for me because I didn't love myself. I, I associated being fat with being unlovable. And then all of a sudden when I started to work on other healing other things, I started to lose the weight. And it was so magical and miraculous. And now I'm trying to apply this to other parts of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking happening. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's crazy that you brought that up because that's definitely one of my triggers too. And I'm in a different place with my journey uh, than, than that. But I did realize that the reason that I gained weight was because I ran away from it for so long. I was terrified to gain weight. Yes. I was, and I've always been like a curvy woman, you know, even at my very fittest and thinnest, I've always had curves. But for me, that was the thing that was one of the hardest things for me. And I ran away and I, I mean, dieted, uh, worked out, you know, I didn't have any problem until after Adelina was born Mm -hmm. and that's when it started. And it wasn't because anything had changed. It was because I had gotten it in my head. Yes. And I ran and I ran and I ran away from it. And I, I mean, I was at my lactation appointment holding my daughter in a, in a midriff. Like I was, all the weight was off. Yeah. But I had it in my head that I'd had a baby and I was not going to have baby weight. Yeah. And I ran from it and I maintained that for a very long time until one day it caught up with me. And then it was like, bam, COVID happened. Bam. It happened. And I'm like, now I have to deal with this. Yes. Cause I had hid from it. I had ran, I had ran and hid. And so I'm in the part of the journey where I'm leaning into that as well. But it's so important that you understand the power of the shadow because if you run from it, it will find you. Yes, in ways that are almost supernatural. You know? the, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> your your fear will find you, and yep. it, and it will confront you in a real way. And now I'm like, okay, all right. So I'm getting to a different place with it. But that, I love that you brought that up because that's something that I'm positive. A lot of people struggle uh-huh. with. But you can apply that same to any to any concept. Yes. Yeah. To any concept. Yep. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram, manifesting underscore with underscore MM. You can find us on YouTube at manifesting with Morgan and Madeline, and we will be back next week.